Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is sponsored by Comark, a global provider of innovative software products and business services. Comark's platform is used by leading brands across all industries to drive their customer loyalty. Powered by AI and machine learning, Comark technologies allow you to build, run, and manage personalized loyalty programs and product offers with ease. For more information, please visit comark.com. Hello and welcome to episode 294 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, we're chatting with our friends in Comark, specifically Yarek Vladika, who is currently Comark's Managing Director for Australia and New Zealand. Yarek has a fascinating career creating huge loyalty programs, particularly for enterprise clients in Southeast Asia. In today's discussion, he shares with us some of the incredible similarities and differences in how loyalty programs are run by utility brands, airlines, and coalition programs in Western countries and mature loyalty markets compared with some of those that he set up in Asian countries like Malaysia, Thailand, and the Philippines. It's a fascinating comparison and contrast showcasing what works for loyalty programs in different cultures and for different industries. I hope you enjoy hearing Yarek's insights and perspective on how loyalty programs are helping brands to connect with their members in such different ways across these fascinating countries. So Yarek, first and foremost, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hey, Paula, it's really a pleasure to be on your podcast. I've been a fan for a while. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for being a fan. It always uh, makes my day when somebody says that. So glad to be uh, useful, I guess, and interesting because we have such a small niche industry. So I think we have a lot to learn from each other. And today we're here to learn a lot from you. So to start the conversation, Yarek, as you know, we always begin by asking about our favorite loyalty programs. So please do tell me what is your favorite loyalty program? Yeah, thanks for the question. Yeah, I, I um, did expect it <laughs> as I listened to your, to your show quite a lot and I, I was thinking about what the answer sh- should be. I have to be a little bit careful how I answer this question because there's a lot of people who might be my potential clients. So I don't want to don't want yeah. anybody to feel offended. But I think uh, when, when I thought about the question, I, I think I thought it. I thought about it from a perspective of uh, the sophistication of programs, the complexity, and and the value that they they bring to to their to their members. And I I would like to say that my favorite category of programs are the frequent flyer programs. There, I mean the 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 hold that they have on, um, on 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 customers and you know them wanting to constantly go up the tiers, you know, just amazes me. I'm you know I'm a traveler myself. Yeah, travel well not daily, but, but at least at least you know weekly or biweekly. Yeah, and for me having that that status with an airline is 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 just something I can't live without. So <laughs> I'm really I'm really impressed how these frequent fire programs, you know, uh, how they 
position themselves and how clients see them, how indispensable they are to some people. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I'm really amazed by by the category itself. And of course, there's a few, you know, in the business there uh, and they're they're all sort of similar. Some are better than, than the others, but they are usually one of the biggest assets that that airlines have. So yeah. I'm really impressed by by those kind of programs. Absolutely. And I know Comark has a lot of wonderful airline clients. So I'm sure we'll be getting, getting into talking a little bit about all of that. And you've reminded me, Eric, even back to my own um, days, I suppose, early in my career, long before I really got into loyalty. Um, I did work with Emirates, as you might know, and I mm-hmm. loved that. I was working on the e-commerce side. But I remember getting my first um, credit card that was giving Skywards miles. And I remember yeah. using the words that I feel like a points junkie. And I know that's actually a very uh, unpleasant word, of course, because of its association. But that's actually how I felt. Like I honestly would never use any other form of payment. So you're absolutely right. And um, the airline industry has the combined benefit of, you know, relatively high spend for most of us in terms of our everyday life. The aspirational side of travel, again, particularly leisure travel, I would say, you you sound like you've got more business travel. Um, and of course, the airlines, I suppose, really invented the industry. I know there was stamp card programs before it as well, but I think uh, the airlines have nailed it. And I know we talked before as well that the valuations on airline loyalty programs is sometimes more than the airline itself. So incredible stuff, huh? I mean, that's mind blowing. I've been in the industry for about seven, eight years. Uh and it just doesn't stop to amaze me that some of these programs are more more valuable than the airline itself. I think if somebody's outside of the industry, they just yeah. wouldn't believe if they heard it. So you have to look it up, do some research, yeah. and see if it's really true. You know, it's one of those things you really doubt when you hear about them, but, but totally. it is true. Yeah, it yeah. is absolutely true. So, so seven or eight years you said in loyalty, then Yarek. So tell us a bit about your career, I guess, uh, maybe before, but certainly since. Mm-hmm. And how did you get into the loyalty industry? Sure. I mean, of course, the most interesting bit is the is is the loyalty bit. But but I, I think generally, um, what I can say about myself is that I've been in the solution delivery side on the vendor side for for all of my career. I started um, with with IBM. Uh, I worked with them in three different countries. We were delivering technologies to to their big clients. Uh, I've done that for a while. So I was on the delivery side, and I'm I, I'm still when even in in Comarch, even though delivery is not my responsibility, I still kind of feel responsible for the delivery piece of, you know, of every project. And I always am very closely um, uh, involved. So, so with IBM, I, I sort of left IBM when I was based in uh, Kuala Lumpur. And that's when Comarch a- approached me. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to expand into the region. Uh, um, you know, Comarch is it's actually a global company these days. But when I joined... Um, which is um, sort of seven years ago, uh, they were still growing in the in 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 Asia, and and they've only expanded to or we've only expanded to to ANZ just three four years ago. So, um, but we feel like we've kind of completed that expansion now, and we're just growing in those regions where we where we already are. So my my job with Comart from the beginning was uh, expansion of our. Uh, 
our, our business in a sp- specific region for mm. for a few years. I was based in Kuala Lumpur. I was looking after Southeast Asia, uh, and we've managed to win a few really interesting um, uh, deals there with clients, mainly in telco, but also airline and retail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about three years ago, you know, just before COVID, <laughs> that's another interesting story. <laughs> I moved sure. to Australia, and um, I, I, since then, I'm really focusing on Australia and New Zealand markets. Um, on growing our our presence here. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, super exciting. Australia, New Zealand. I've still never been to. So, you know, I I definitely have to come. um, But as a loyalty market, I suppose it's one that I I really pay an awful lot of attention to. I feel it's one of the most mature markets in the world. And so I'm full of admiration for particularly what happens where you are now. So I know you're the managing director, certainly for um, for the Australia business. I guess that covers uh, New Zealand as well. Am I right? Yeah, it, it does. Yes, correct. Yeah. So what was it like getting started in, in Kuala Lumpur and setting up the Malaysia office? I'm fascinated because actually even also Southeast Asia, I haven't done certainly any loyalty work in at all. So tell us a mm-hmm. bit about your, your role and the work you did in uh, in Malaysia. Yeah, so um, you know, as you as you know, as we all know, um, for a number of years, uh, Asia has really been been the growth engine, you know, of the world. A lot of things are really happening there these days, and in some ways, Asia has uh, even taken a lead in in certain aspects of you know digital uh, customer experience um, and and you know. Yeah. aspects like 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 that so so for me uh, uh there were a couple of reasons why being in that region was exciting so one uh, of course is the reason i just mentioned which is the the, the growth and just the size and the yeah. number of opportunities in that region but also from another another perspective you know the cultural perspective is just such a such a mm, variety there of cultures and religions and you know ways to approach things that i i mean to me that was always yeah. Something that excited me whenever I was jumping on a plane, you know, somewhere it was always somewhere somewhere different, uh, and I and I always had to kind of switch something in my head, yeah, to 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 re- remind myself where I'm going and and what kind of <laughs> culture I'll be I'll, I'll be dealing with. But it was it was you know on it was one of those positive things. I was never worried about it. It's something that was you know driving me. So yeah. I really loved that. Um, and and yeah, just just the number of of clients there and what they're trying to to do for their own, uh, let's say, clients, um, creates an enormous number of uh, opportunities. So, so, so that, that was really, um, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. And I think you're right, Jarek. I think we, you know, we all know Asia as a place of, you know, digital first, digital transformation. And I guess scale, you know, China is still the most populous country in the world, as far as I know, although I think India is about to take over. Uh, yes, I Malaysia, think so, yeah. yes, exactly. Super interesting. Malaysia, I know nothing about, but what I did learn from you last time we spoke, Yarek, was the sheer scale of the loyalty or membership, let's say, of the particular mm-hmm. projects that you are working on. So, and, and you, you told me a little bit about why as well. So we'll definitely be getting into the approach to becoming, you know, part of these programs with these big um, customer bases. So give us a sense of what we're talking about, Jarek. What kind of clients were you working on and what kind of membership did these guys have? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know, with, with um, um, the, I guess the, the interesting thing about uh, 
Comarch and the, the, the loyalty uh, clients that we have is that they're from all over the place. So we have, you know, we're starting with with airline clients, you know, going through telco, retail, you know, oil and gas clients, and also other industries. So my job was really, um, you, you know, talking to clients from all of these industries. So the the variety of you know the types of clients and the and the challenges they are facing was was just really really high for us. Mm. We're not just specializing in in one, but but if I had to um, select the ones that we were mostly let's say en engaged with, I would say it's definitely telco um, uh, and and airlines. And you know because uh, the population in, in in the Southeast Asian countries is uh, you know maybe with a few exceptions like Singapore, which is which is not not that big. Um, yeah, sure. Is it, really is really just just very very high. So um, you know everybody knows how big China is, but you know not many people know that Indonesia is you know over three hundred million people. So wow. So um, so that you know that that is. Uh, you know, something to, to be mindful of. And, you know, when you work with clients in, in that part of the world, you, you have to be able to, you know, as a vendor, you have to be able to support these really large volumes. Um, um, and, and yeah, so so in Indonesia is one, but, you know, Philippines, I think they're nearly 100 or over 100 million now. Thailand, I think about 60, 70 million. Wow. Um, and, and Vietnam, I think also nearly nearly a hundred. I may not be hundred uh, percent yeah, uh, correct sure. on all these figures, but, but we you know we're talking about nearly, nearly hundred million uh, or, or over like in, in case, in case of um, uh, Indonesia. So, mm. so yeah, so that, that was the exciting bit because not only the clients are very digitally savvy there and they expect a lot from the program that they will mm -hmm. not be happy with just, you know, one or two things that yeah. they can do with the program. They really expect, the loyalty program to be to be you know a kind of a one place to go to for for almost all their you know kind yeah. of daily needs yeah so they want to be able to order food they want to be able to you know ride a, a you know a taxi so that's grab which is the the, the kind of popular um, yeah sure uh, ride sharing app um, in that part of the world mm -hmm. so so all these programs they, they have to cover all you know all these bases and not only have the the variety of, um, of 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 rewards or or partners, mm. but also be able to handle the volumes because you know with all with that high with such a high number of uh, of members you get volumes that are really really challenging and and you know the technology has to be there you know mm. to support it if clients are not able to redeem or they're not able to earn that's when you know your yeah. clients are the members get really bad experience and and you know it's it's never mm -hmm. good so so you know one of the key aspects for us in in um, in southeast asia was always the performance mm -hmm. and the ability to uh to to integrate and to just make all these various offers work seamlessly absolutely so so incredible populations as we've said and i think you said to me last time as well yarek that in many cases, and I think it was in a in a telco context, and I do want to explore um, telco a little bit with you because I know you've done some extraordinary stuff. The the default um, approach um, seems to be that they're automatically enrolled into the loyalty programs for these particular, I'd say certainly utilities, because as you said, it's one thing to have like a super app and Grab is, is you know, just an astronomical business, of course, um, when you combine those kind of everyday things into one big super app for the whole country. But I think what you have also done extremely well is build for telcos, 
or build coalition programs. So I wanted to kind of, I suppose, get into, first of all, that approach about auto-enrolling. How did that go down, both from a privacy perspective and I guess from an engagement perspective? Because, you know, I think part of our psychology, and I say our being, let's say, the European mindset that I come from, we would tend to expect that the customer should make the decision to join in order to really feel that they they want to get a value out of it. And it's something they, they want to give their attention to. So tell us a bit about the experience in uh, in Southeast East Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know what you're referring to. I know privacy is, is, um, is, is really a, a, an area of in, an increasing concern and customers are more and more, you know, cautious about, uh, the, the consents that they're giving out. And, and that especially I think applies to, let's say Western economies or the, um, advanced ones. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would, However, say that probably in Southeast Asia, my observation was that that it's not a concern yet. I mean, clients mm-hmm. are very happy to be, you know, offered all these uh, opportunities to earn points or or redeem points for 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 various aspects. That that um, uh, it doesn't seem like they mind being enrolled automatically to programs. Uh, um, yeah. And and in, in in with our telco clients, that that's I think uh, in hundred percent of cases that that's how it is. That um, um, the clients of a telco would be automatically uh, a, a part of the program. Uh, I, I guess the challenge is 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 there for the telcos. It's not just whether the client is a member, but w- whether the client actively engages with with the program. And that's where yeah. um, I think telcos put a lot of focus on to, to make sure that their programs not only are big, but that uh, the large yeah. percentage of, of those members are actually ac- actively engaged. And, and of course, when you enroll everybody, you're not going to get a hundred percent engagement yeah. rate, but, yeah. but um, you are getting into, into high figures and, and that um, mm. uh Engagement, I think, is generally higher than probably in 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 similar programs. Let's say in the in the West. So yeah. Um, so I, I think these telcos still do a better job. P- privacy doesn't seem to be a big concern uh, at at this stage. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're a client of a telco, you are giving your details to the telco anyway. Um, yeah. So it just seems like loyalty over there is just an additional feature of being a client. Uh, you know, with a telco. Yeah, and it's not something that 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 the telcos seem to be expecting a um, a separate enrollment to. So yeah, uh, it it could be with other businesses like with retail uh, yeah. uh, or airline air, airline programs in Southeast Asia. You still enroll, uh, yeah. but it it seems like telcos kind of different in that, in in that aspect. Yeah, um, yeah, but but you know, in other cases, you still enroll. Yeah. You know, and, and it's something that I often um, wondered about, let's say. I, I won't say I ever took that um, agenda, you know, in any project that I worked on, but I worked in telco loyalties in the very beginning. That's how mm-hmm. I got in. I was with Telefonica, for example. And both on the legal perspective and on the ethical and moral front, to me, I would prefer to auto-enroll. Because I I do have this belief that it is a benefit to the user. And Mm -hmm. as long as the, you know, first of all, the awareness is there that, you know, any marketing perhaps might need to be opted into separately. So communications might be a different decision. 
But I always felt that we were giving our members a lot of work to do to, first of all, um, discover our program, join our program, you know, read all the terms and conditions, tick all the right boxes, definitely say they're not a, you know, a, a robot or whatever, download an app. Like I, I genuinely feel that there should be um, an opportunity to do it, as I said, both legally and ethically, because we all know there's no point, obviously, ever upsetting a member at the end of the day that would backfire very quickly. So I'm not saying we take risks with the data, but I do like the approach that they seem to be taking. And as you said, with scale. So give us a sense of some of the numbers of members that you had with some of those programs that you uh, you set up. Sure. Um, so uh, probably an example that just comes to my mind uh, the quickest is a client I'm, I still actively work with, and that's Globe in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they're number one telco in, in that country in terms of their, their subscriber base, and it's around 90 million, nine zero wow. uh, of, of subscribers to the telco and therefore automatically members to the program. Um, yeah. Um, and that, that was, uh, you know, something that uh, we had to take very seriously when we were deploying deploying the platform it's um uh, it's not you know it's i, I don't want to say this is something that that comes easy but but <laughs> we can definitely we can yeah. definitely knowing the challenge we can definitely prepare for it and and make sure we handle it and you know the the cooperation with the, with the client has has really really been you know outstanding uh the platform has been extremely stable and there were no concerns on the um the performance so we we've been you know at, at peak times when you know maybe maybe I'll I'll, I'll add one more story here uh, you know the client um uh, globe they they or, are organizing this annual uh sort of anniversary uh event which is which is the birthday of the telco uh okay. it's called nine, nice. it's called nine it's called 917. Okay. Uh, and, and 917 is also the the kind of prefix that this telco uses. Okay. Uh, and 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 they do the birthday on the 17th uh, of September. So that's the nice. 917 yeah. reference. And actually the whole of September is like a, it's like a big uh, you know festival uh, that the telco and the Globe Rewards program mm. uh, takes very seriously and they uh, just just double down on offering clients extremely you know good deals um you know extra points uh um, discounted redemptions uh they they organize concerts uh, and that's a time of the year where the engagement um, uh, from the members with the program is just the highest you know in the year so yeah uh, so you know we were told by the client to expect really high volumes and, and we had to prepare for for transaction peaks of of uh, up to 4000 transactions per second so you can you can wow. just imagine when <laughs> when i when i you know share these numbers with clients in australia they they just can't believe that that that, yeah. that is actually possible but yeah. that's that's what i you know said earlier in the beginning of our conversation that's just the scale when you're when you're uh, active yeah. in, in asia you you have to be able to handle you know those scales and and uh, you know to enable those great experiences that yeah. that um, uh, telcos or you know other clients want to offer to their members and you know we're really proud to be to be working with Globe on their yeah. you know, anniversary I think it's been already the second one that we've we've just completed 
with them and of course everything went well uh, you know the client the you know our client is happy their clients are happy so wow. um yeah so that this is the kind of the, the kind of scale that you know that we have to deal with yeah um uh, you know in asia and it, that's one of the things that excites me because as you can tell from my answers i'm i'm I really i'm really a technology guy and uh i yeah. just love when when technology enables you know these things um yeah. and that that's what drives me and you know makes me want to you know, get you know, totally. get out of bed and you know find another customer who has a similar challenge and and whom we can help. Amazing, amazing! And that four thousand transactions a second, Yarek, that's nothing got to do with the telco and the phone calls and the, the you know the telecommunications. No, it's that's... the redemptions, the the the, wow. the, the, the accruals. Uh, you know, that's yeah. all the types of transactions that can you know hit our system. Stuff. Yeah, at a specific moment in time. Of course, it's not a it's not for of the whole course. day. But yeah, there will be you know times in the day where yeah you know four thousand out of those ninety million you know decides to click a you know a button on their app. And yeah, that's that's where this comes from. So it's, no, it's nothing to do with the like telephone calls or SMSs. It's it's the activity with the program uh, the that can reach you know yes yeah. uh, these sort of levels. Wow. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite amazing. Okay, so we officially need to get Globe as a, you know, guest on Let's Talk Loyalty. I think that's yeah. super important. Um, I'm working on that. <laughs> okay, fabulous. Again, I know very little about the Philippines, but tell us about a couple of the other programs then that you uh, that you started in Asia. Mm-hmm. So, um Globe will probably be the the example of the highest uh, uh, number of, of members, but we've also worked with a few other other telcos um, in the region. Um, and and in the, uh, I just want to maybe say something about why telcos, and I because it's, that, that's actually not a uh, mm. not a typical kind of client globally, but but I think yeah. in Asia, telcos really seem to be kind of doing the role of uh, of what let's say big coalition, like grocery kind of programs do in Australia or New Zealand. Okay. Uh, in Australia and New Zealand, you don't see telcos playing a bit big part in those, in, in, in creating these, these, let's say, ecosystems of loyalty where you can yeah. you know, earn uh, earn and, uh, you know, and redeem points um, with various partners, um, which, which is what actually airlines do, you know, do a lot more in Australia. Yeah. Um, in Asia, it's not so much the airlines that do it. Um, of course they do it, but they're not, but I think it's actually the telcos who tend to be those, you know, number one players in terms of how big these, you know, coalitions and those loyalty offerings are. So, yeah. so we've been fortunate to, uh, to, to, to cooperate with a number of, of clients in the telco space. Um, and, you know, the other, the other examples would be true, uh, true corporation, uh, in, in Thailand. And that's actually true are a part of a, a larger conglomerate. And within that group, they, you know, they have other businesses, you know, like 7-Eleven, um, like cool. um, some, yeah. you know, grocery, you know, shopping malls. Um, they've got uh, also uh, like online en- entertainment systems. So there's a lot of uh, various types of businesses uh, mm. that are part of, you know, part of the group. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the, the, the program that the telco runs, uh, of course, automatically covers those those other businesses so for so for a telco that's part of a a larger you know group group or a larger 
conglomerate, they really become the vehicle for that group to, you know, to cross sell, upsell, nice. to, to make sure that the client kind of stays within within their uh, their ecosystem. So so okay. true is 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 one of those examples. And mm-hmm. um, I was also responsible for um, you know lending that deal with true. I was actually there when when it was implemented, and um, cool. yeah. I, I was involved. And I just remember you know a lot of a lot of. Um, you know, meetings or we were trying to work out how do we do this because the, the complexity of those you know various business rules that you that, that you have to set up with the number of partners with the way that recognition works you know various criteria that we have to take into account they're they're not your everyday you know kind of standard uh, rules mm-hmm. of a program in in, in Asia, generally, I would say that the programs tend to be quite complex from that perspective. There's just a lot of rules on how you can earn status, earn you know, earn points. Yeah. And that puts a lot of pressure on the technology to, to be able to to deliver, you know, to all those uh, expectations that the telcos or other, you know, big uh, mm. clients have. So, mm. so yeah, so that's, that's, that's probably, you know, another thing uh, that, that that's worth saying about uh, how loyalty looks like in that part of the world. Yeah. And the other uh, client that I, if, if I may, may mention is, is uh, Exalexiata uh, in Indonesia. Um, and they, they've sort of um, uh, maybe not gone as, as much in, in, in this, direction of having you know hundreds of partners yeah uh, they've really tried try to keep their program you know more simple more streamlined mm-hmm. but i think what's interesting about them is is that they not only target the end users uh, of their services but they also offer a uh, kind of a B2B program for their distributors. Um, so that, that's another way that, you know, we nice. help cl- yeah. clients use our, our technologies. You know, don't, you don't, you don't have to limit yourself to just offering a, like a, a program to the, to the clients, but it can mm. also involve your, your business partners, your distributors, yeah. um, you know, perhaps even, you know, vendors that pr- provide services to you. So, so that's, so that's an interesting um, example there. And, you know, these, Distributors they actually earn points for every, let's say, SIM card or every top-up uh, that, nice. that that they are able to sell, and that motivates those distributors yeah. to prefer Exalexiata mm-hmm. uh, services on uh, rather than you know the other telco. So it, it's it's a it's it's an interesting uh, way to use um, to use loyalty technology yeah. to drive drive business outcomes. So totally. Yeah. So that's uh, that. That's the other telco telco example. Super. So true from Thailand. And then the one from Indonesia you just mentioned there is XL Axiata. Okay. So great reference stories, ones we can uh, go. And again, always welcome to to have them on the show. Um, The other piece, I guess, just, you know, we've talked about scale, Yarek, I suppose, is probably one of the biggest differences. We've talked about the enrollment or lack of as another Mm -hmm. big difference between, you know, loyalty programs in Southeast Asia um, versus, you know, the rest of the world. Um, And and by that, I mean the Western world. So US and UK are actually our top two audiences. Are there any other kind of big differences that you would see in terms of the consumer proposition? I feel like mm-hmm. I suppose you've you've talked a lot there about the the scale of partnerships, um, you know, and that they're almost positioning themselves certainly as utilities as coalition programs. Is there any other kind of customer propositions that you would see in Southeast Asia that would be, do you think, interesting for the audience? 
um, I think I can maybe flip this the other way around because as in um, or as, as long as uh, in Asia, you've got this kind of richness and scale um, mm. and the variety of programs. I think what, what, what maybe one of the differences is uh, in favor of the developed markets is I think the, the sophistication of of, of personalization. So I, I would say okay. uh, in, 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 in Asia, it's probably not as personalized. Uh, maybe it's partly due to just, just uh, it's, it's difficult to personalize when you have such a rich you know, offering yeah. and it's hard to really decide what do I really personalize, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, to or, or with. Uh, so I think, you know, it, the, the programs that I've experienced in, um, in ANZ region are, are definitely more sophisticated there. So, you, you okay. know, you, you would, you would see offers that really feel like they're, they're sort of based on your transactions, mm. for example. So with, you know, mm. one of the programs uh, I use quite a lot in Australia are all those, uh, kind of read tell uh, programs with either you know companies like flybys or everyday uh rewards sure. and they really seem to be knowing you know what i you know what i buy uh and they are they're targeting with offers of products that i actually want to buy mm-hmm. um and i frequently take advantage of those offers or or mm. somehow magically they know you know what my spend <laughs> is and they always try to you know motivate yeah. me to, to spend this amount for you know maybe four consecutive weeks to yeah. get some bonus points so so i really feel like that part Okay. Of, the, of the puzzle is done really well in ANZ. I think they, yeah, um, they, 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 there's certainly you know that that there's an aspect that in Southeast Asia could could be improved, and I'm sure it will be improved. It, it's just maybe you know mm. with the scale, maybe it's not, maybe it's not as easy. Um, totally. So yeah, so that's um, that's that's I think something that I would um, mm. uh, I would say is another differentiator, maybe nice. in favor of um, of ANZ this time. Okay. Yeah, and. Do you get the question? I used to get this a lot when I was consulting Yarick and actually it was my least favorite question uh, because I never felt it was my responsibility. But, you know, sometimes I'd be brought in to convince a brand that they needed a loyalty program. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be being driven, let's say, by by somebody at a a mid-senior level, um, but the board or the, you know, the actual leadership team would be like going, so so why do we need a loyalty program? And it's one thing to have the internal perspective and somebody maybe who really understands the potential of what a loyalty program can do, but they always seem to want to wheel in somebody from the outside. So I'm just wondering if you get that kind of um, question um, or is Australia, New Zealand, you know, so mature that actually that question's already something that people kind of get and understand? Um, yes. Uh, so, so it's, it's probably, it's probably the latter, as you, as you said earlier, Australia and New Zealand are, are really mature loyalty markets. You, you know, there's a loyalty program, you know, left and right. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, I, I think they all, um, understand the value, uh, and, and also the clients that I usually talk to are those kinds of clients that where okay. loyalty is, you know, like uh, one of the basic things that, okay. you know, that the business has to have. But but I think um, I, I think this should be a really a no brainer, um, uh, and it, that there may be some exceptions to this. But but I think uh, for most businesses, uh, having a loyalty program is really really you know just like having a really personal and direct channel to talk to your clients i think Mm. if you don't have a program and there isn't 
this kind of agreement or consent, you know, that, okay, from a client that, yeah. yes, you can talk to me. I really like you. I want to be a part of your program so that I, you know, know about, know more about your offers and I get maybe some special, special offers because I really like, you know, your brand uh, and I want to engage. I mean, that's just, to me, it's such an enormous uh, uh, expression of trust from, from, from the client that they want to be a part of a program. So um, I would say uh, there is nothing comparable because if you don't, if you don't have a program and it's, and, you know, a client is just, uh, mm. I mean, it's, 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 it's someone you don't know. You can't put a name to a client, you know, someone's, you know, coming and buying, maybe, you know, he's using the, you know, the same credit card Yeah. Uh, and, and you can kind of tell it's, it's the same person, but, you know, lo- loyalty is where you, you really, you know, put a name to your client, you start learning more about him what, or her, what the preferences are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just get this amazing direct channel that, that, that you can use to communicate. So I like to me, um, loyalty is the best channel that, that most businesses can, can wish for uh, to, to, you know, to talk to their clients. And I, I think um, mm. it's the duty of those, those businesses who run those, those programs uh, is, is to make sure that they don't disappoint those clients and, and that they, yeah, uh, you know, uh, however hard it could be that they are providing, you know, a personal experience that they are providing value. Yeah. Um, and that is easy to use. Yeah. Because that's, that's also another thing yeah. uh, that clients might not be encouraged to, to you, to use, to use loyalty if, if it's not that simple to use. And, you know, the, mm. um, the interesting thing about about that is that, you know having simple things uh, or that look simple to the client usually means there's a lot of effort that has to be put on the back end on technology on process yeah uh, to make this experience simple so you know we just or I'm really passionate about helping clients you know get it right yeah um, and um, and mm-hmm. yeah so yeah to me loyalty you know that's the number one thing uh, I I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to have a loyalty program, to be honest with you? But yeah. maybe I'm a bit biased. So. <laughs> You're definitely biased, and so am I, yeah. <laughs> as is everybody <laughs> listening. And and yeah. and I would say, you know, at the risk of being facetious, I think everybody does want a loyalty program. It's just whether they're willing to invest in it, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of different things, obviously, that a business can decide to focus their time and energy resources on. And loyalty is probably, you know, such a big decision for, for any of these. So so I think we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But but what I like about what you said, Jarek, is, you know, we would often just kind of say, you know, the purpose of a loyalty program is to drive profitable behavior change. And, and that for sure is the most uh, logical um, and hopefully most profitable. But I do agree that from my perspective, the opportunity to have that connection with your customer, a direct digital connection, as most of them are now in the palm of their hand in terms of the mobile phone, to me, that's just t- totally a no-brainer. And especially, I think, coming out of, you know, whether it's a, a pandemic or, you know, the, the the end of cookies, for example, with digital marketing becoming so much more expensive, you know, any brand I've spoken to has certainly said, you know, the cost of doing their digital is just multiplying. So I think you're absolutely right. The opportunity to actually build a relationship with people who have already self-identified in some way, whether it's a transaction or whether it's giving the data and actually, you know, enrolling to go back to our point earlier, 
I absolutely think you're right. You know, that relationship building piece is something that just doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, and it's not fortunately not usually not the first thing that um, you yeah. know the decision makers think about. But I think you know perhaps it should be because if you if you do the relationship bit right, the yeah. other things come with it later. Yeah, but if you focus on your numbers uh, and you know not the relationship and having yeah. that client you know being happy with the program, you know you will not get the number. So I yeah I, I I'm really um, uh, a supporter yeah. of looking yeah. at it as a as a you know kind of a a personal yeah. channel yeah. with your client where you have the opportunity to build something more than just a transactional um, relationship. Yeah. 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 And I think we've all joined up with programs or given our email address, you know, and then, you know, had an offer, an offer, you know, by this, by that and whatever. And I think we all pretty much do unsubscribe, you know, very quickly. And again, I think we see that in different markets. Sometimes I'm just like, whoa, you know, so the tolerance for for the offers can uh, can be very different with different customers. But again, I think if there's this intention to to say thank you, Yarek, for joining up and here's a, you know, free cookie next time you're in the store just to say thanks or whatever you know it just changes the dynamics and then you know the offers and everything can come later so definitely a different mindset brilliant so the final question I just wanted to touch on with you was because you are a software guy as you said um, so, you know, I think this is the, the area that I have much less expertise. And as you know, we typically have kind of, you know, the marketing people, I suppose, on the show. But give us a sense, you know, where is the um, the capabilities going? You've talked about the scale um, and, and we know that, you know, obviously um, a company like you guys, you know, Com- Comark, to me, I wouldn't even question that you can cope with the scale. I just... To me, that's a given. But what other exciting things are coming in terms of functionality or or the way that the software industry is going that, uh, that is useful for commercial people like me to kind of understand uh, what our platforms should be able to do? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, and yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think, I mean, from my perspective, and I mean, I'm not your typical, you know, t- technical guy. I am more on the uh, the business development side. But, but I would say my observation, what my observations tell me is that that loyalty is becoming more and more accessible to more and more businesses. You know, in the let's call it old days, it, it usually just it used to be the big guys yeah um and and it still will be right you will still get your big programs the airline programs the big coalition programs uh that will require you know a lot of capability and maybe sometimes individual approach to to how their programs are set up from a technological perspective but but i think the biggest trends these days is, is is that loyalty can be offered these days pretty much as a as a service you know as a as a cloud based um uh you know offering that 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 maybe won't be as flexible as as some of the more sophisticated enterprise solutions for the big companies that who who need it and who can afford it yeah um, but will still offer these smaller businesses enough capability or maybe even more than they need yeah. to, to run a pretty a pretty good loyalty program you know so i think i think you will you will see this becoming just a more accessible kind kind of uh, technology that yeah. smaller and smaller businesses will be able to use. You know, instead of their uh, their punch cards, you know, it will be almost well almost as affordable to just basically do a, or use a, one of the cloud uh, 
mm. providers and 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 you know establish a loyalty program not within you know months or sometimes uh, it could yeah. be closer to a year in some complex cases totally. but within weeks yeah so within weeks you could you could basically you know choose your um, your, mm. your vendor and you know be live with uh, you know a basic loyalty program in a matter of really weeks i mean that's that's doable these days and i think yeah. i think that's the um, the aspect of technology that that you know excites me you know the most um in in terms of feature features i think um what, what what i'm observing is that you know with the you know advent of you know cloud services and all these different tools that are out there you will see those services being more and more uh, interoperable and that's you know that's one of the aspects uh that that clients expect these days is, is that when they select uh, a solution a vendor that yeah this solution vendor already has, you know, connections to other popular uh, yeah. platforms, you know, whether it is, uh, you know, marketing uh, automation or, or some kind of business intelligence tools. Um, so, so this um, ecosystem will become more and more uh, interoperable um, and will therefore enable smaller and smaller clients to, to, gain benefits from 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 an ecosystem not just a you know a siloed yeah. uh, you know system which you see quite a lot but you know these things actually working with each other to yeah. provide a, a larger you know benefit okay. because you know as, as much as i i i love loyalty and i think loyalty can do a lot I, I know that there are other systems there that we have to integrate with, that we have to work with to make this experience you know truly mm, you know yeah. simple and beneficial and 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 whole yeah so so yeah so i think i think these are the mm. uh the kind of future i see of course you know there will be you know i mean things uh, uh like um, um availability of loyalty on mobile phones i think i think that's something that we've already had for a while so it's not it's not a new thing mm. um but it is going to become more and more sophisticated it will become more and more personalized mm -hmm. so you know the whole industry including us is is working on 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 technology to be able to to provide these things really in a, in a much simpler and and easier way for for our clients mm. music to my ears as i said you know with my <laughs> commercial marketing hat on i wanted to be simple and easy and uh, and exciting and accessible so yeah i i do like that i had a listener uh, reach out recently from a jewelry store in the uk and he did say what about us you know what can we do with loyalty because we do talk to so many i suppose enterprise uh, businesses on this show so um so great to hear it is becoming so much more accessible regardless of the size of the business so, Yarek, that is all of the questions I had for you from my side. Um, was there any other points that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Um, I mean, I, I think what I just wanted to say is is thank you for for doing the, these post podcasts. They're they're really awesome. I I have to admit that sometimes I learn more about some of our clients from you <laughs> than from within within my company because you know being a global company yeah. i don't have that opportunity to work with our clients for example in in latin uh you know america so so i actually enjoyed listening to the the podcast you've done with puntos um and yes. um and yes. um Livello, yes. yeah, the other, the other, the other Amazing. big collision program, and I actually <laughs> learned a lot myself from it. Yeah, uh, because I don't get that 
you know, opportunity yeah. to, actually, to actually talk to these clients. So I, I think you're doing a great job and, and yeah, I really enjoyed being here. I hope that there was some, some value in the discussion for, for some of, some of your listeners. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll look forward to um, arranging some of our other clients from Southeast Asia and ANZ. Oh, to be my on your goodness. podcast and share their experience. Oh, super, super. Well, that's a wonderful way to finish up. So with that said, Yarek Vladika, I hope I pronounced it correctly, Yarek. Yes. Managing yep, Director. Oh, super. So yes, Managing Director for Comark in Australia. Thank you so much, Yarek, from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.